What up? Welcome back to the Game 6 pod. Uh, I, just a few days ago, got to see one of the one of the best Raptors games of the whole year, I feel like. And then uh, we followed that up with one of the worst Raptors oh, yeah. games of the year. Not the worst, though, because <laughs> I think that's a tough one to beat, that Detroit loss. Yeah, like, if all of our players all, like, actually shit their pants, Paul Pierce style, <laughs> on the court... And, like, had to get escorted out of the game for too much shit in their pants. It would be slightly worse. Barely sneak by as the most embarrassing thing to happen to the Raptors this year. (laughs) (laughs) But Fred was in town. Wasn't playing. And I was so nervous. Because I actually... I I had, like, amazing seats. Like, some of the best seats I've ever had. I was in the fifth row, right behind the Raptors bench. And right beside the tunnel where both teams come out of. And I was looking at all the Houston players because I wanted to get a video of Fred because the crowd was going to lose it. And I just didn't see him at all. And then um, right before the game, they said notable players that are not playing. And I saw him on the list. I was like, oh, fuck, Fred's not playing? And I was so pissed that he wouldn't be there. But then he ended up showing up. Nice. um, Which was sick. Uh, He got a a nice little video. Um, I wish they did it before the game. I kind of don't like the new trend of doing it like on the first time out. Because after the video, it's, like, it's over right away. Like, yeah. I like when the crowd can, like, slowly, like, like you build so much hype, and then, like, you, it slowly dies off, and you get, like, the longevity. Well, this one was kind of, like, so much, so much hype, and then it's like, oh, shit, the game's starting. Everyone sit, sit back down. <laughs> um, but it was so sick. Holy shit. The vibes in that game were immaculate. Um, I was Like I said, I was right behind the Raptors bench. I will say, like, the favorite player on the team, uh, like, as far as, like, teammate shit, uh, like, teammate companionship, I guess, is uh, is Kelly Olenek. Like, he was nonstop smiling, get along, getting along with everyone. Like, dudes would come up to him, like, say something to him, and he would, like, uh, like just start laughing and then say something back. And, like, he just brings such good vibes. I also noticed, which I haven't noticed before, Garrett Temple's, like low-key and enforcer type like oh really yeah like there were a t- couple calls that didn't happen and i could hear him say what's that guy's name like pointing to a ref and then someone told him then he went up to the ref and was like complaining about like and telling him that it shouldn't be and shit i said this before the season and i stand by it that garrett temple was a really good pickup for the team because he's just like the perfect bet and i'd right. much rather have that guy as your 15th guy like sitting on the bench every game than like let's say marquise noel is the right. guy who was fighting against like a okay. g leaguer who shouldn't even, yeah exactly like, like it's just nice to have a real vet out yeah. there and like somebody who like has been in the league for a while has relationships yep. with lots of people will have people's back and like he, he's a character guy like he it seems like the young players all really like him. yeah i agree i agree marquise noel was actually at the game uh oh, fred yeah. was giving him a lot they were talking a lot because I, I guess it's like the uh the g league type thing like yeah after the game like marquise noel was the player like fred walked up to he does arm around him they were talking for like a good bit wow okay mm-hmm. funnily enough that night uh I didn't watch any of the game because I okay. went to the Mississauga Steelheads oh, game. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And I don't know if you know this, but they play at the Paramount Fine Foods Arena, which is where the Raptors 905 play. Oh, So sick. they have a whole cabinet with all the trophies in it, and they had, like, the championship trophy when Pascal when, and Fred were there. Yeah. And, man, that was so sick seeing <laughs> that. And, like, the fact that they won that, and then two years later, those two, they won the NBA championship. Yeah, like, that's so fire. It's just so cool <laughs> that, like, our development system used to be, like, that, that good. I mean, like... Yeah. Speaking of development, Grey Dick has been looking better. Yeah, he has. Um, 
Yeah, he's like an, a playable NBA player. Exactly. Like the stretch he's been on recently, I'm like, he might be better than Malachi Flynn was as a Raptor, <laughs> yeah. which is making progress. You know, it's <laughs> making some progress in the right direction. Yeah. Um, he's taking charges, like, a lot. Yeah. He, he likes taking charges. Yeah, and that little, like, pull-up mid-range, which felt like it was right. always, like, missing even, like, the rim early right. in the season. Like, he had no confidence in it. Starting to fall a little bit now. Yeah, even, like, like, that Carmelo, like, someone closes out, that like, he takes a little dribble in, then that pull-up. Yeah, it always yeah. looks good. And, like, yeah, yeah I, uh... I mean, like, he's a perfect kind of player to to have around somebody like Scotty Barnes. Where, yeah. Like, Scotty can put some real rim pressure on and then send it out to him. I, really, he's even more perfect around R.J. Barrett, because R.J. Barrett has the most rim pressure of anybody on our team. Yeah. Um, I love R.J. Barrett still. <laughs> I, I just, like, it's nice, because when his jumper's not falling, like, he's like, all right, I'm just going to take it to the hole yeah. every single fucking time. Exactly. I don't care if I miss, uh, like, yeah. 100 shots. I'm taking it to the hole again. I'm yeah. taking it hard. Like, I don't care about contact. I want to go to the line. I know. And I love that. Yeah. Like, I love that hard-nosed approach. It makes people, like, think twice about, mm-hmm. like, closing out hard on his three-pointer. So right. when it does start falling, it's nice. Mm-hmm. And also, like, it just accumulates fouls. Like, yeah. just good. I yeah, like, like, like recently style. I was watching him, and I remember thinking to myself, like, I'm seeing, like, obviously a diet version, but, like, shades of, like, a Westbrook-LeBron type where, like, they they will shoot the three and they can hit it sometimes, but then, like, when they want to just attack the rim, like, they're, like, he's, it's very hard to stop. Yeah, and, he, like, he loves contact. Right? Yeah. Like, he, like, does not avoid it. Like, yeah. there's somebody in the way he's going through them. He's not mm-hmm. trying to, like, do some Euro step around them. He's yeah, not yeah. trying to do some, like, pull-up floater. No DeAndre like, Ayton. <laughs> yeah, he's going into their chest, which is sick. Like, that is dope mm-hmm. um, in a lot of different ways. Um, yeah, and, well, speaking of, uh, some Canadians on the team, we, uh, we made some moves in the trade deadline. We did. A lot of moves, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, thankfully, we're now, now I think it's official, we're rebuilding. Mm-hmm. Um, which is good. Um, I forget who says it. Uh, it's someone on the Ryan Windhorse podcast, one of the Tims, probably McMahon, um, that could be either. They, he was saying the worst, they were talking about the Chicago Bulls, and he said the worst thing it, that you can be is a rebuilding team that doesn't know that they're rebuilding. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of where we were. Yeah. And, but now we know we're rebuilding. So this year, across all trades, this is even before the trade deadline, <laughs> We out the door is Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, Dennis Schroeder, Precious Achua, Otto Porter Jr., Thaddeus Young, and Malachi Flynn. So half of our opening day roster is just gone. <laughs> right. And in the door is RJ Barrett, uh, Emmanuel Quickly, Bruce Brown, Kelly Olenek, Ochai Agbaji, and Jordan Noir. And... Two Indiana firsts and a Detroit second round pick, mm. which is um, nice. I, I mean, like, RJ is signed long term. Yeah. Which is perfect. He's on a pretty reasonable contract. Uh, Emmanuel, quickly, uh, we have his rights. Like, yeah, he's so an RFA. He he's basically signed long term. Uh, he frustrates me a lot. A lot. He actually <laughs> frustrates me more than any other player on the Raptors. Yeah. But that's a good sign. Because, like, with somebody like, like, I hate to use his name in vain, but Malachi Flynn. Uh, like, I got to the point with him where it wasn't even frustrating. It's right. like, he would just, like, be bad sometimes <laughs> when you'd go out there. I'd be like, oh, all right. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's what <laughs> like, I expected. Like, you don't want to be in that part. You right. want to, like, you want me to be a little frustrated. And mm-hmm. I can see, like, eventually Emmanuel Quickly's off the dribble stuff might work out. Right. Uh, but it's just, like, his hero ball hurts me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love him in, like, 45 minutes. And then, like... The last three minutes, like, can you please pass it to Scotty? <laughs> uh, a couple things I wanted to touch on. Um, first, did you see Dennis Schroeder's Instagram post about his kid's birthday? And they had yeah, the Raptors cake. <laughs> that made me feel a little bit bad. <laughs> yeah, I felt a little bit bad. Um, Whatever, he'll be... 
Two. He's, he's a marginally better position now <laughs> yeah. than Brooklyn. Yeah, one one seed higher. But he'll be their starting point guard. Right. And that's what he wanted. Well. That's what, yeah. There was reports that he wanted to be a starting point guard on a, a playoff team, which the Nets aren't. But at least he's going to be a starting point guard. Yeah, they have a better chance than we do. Or I was also thinking, Bruce Brown might be a long-term thing. Because he, he left a championship contender that just... Not even contender. He went. He left the reigning champions to go get a bag. Mm-hmm. I think if we just pay him, he might just be our long term thing. We have uh, so many young players. Like we got to play quickly, but like um, that's it really. Like a lot of and like Scotty eventually, but like I feel like we might be able to. Uh, Bruce Brown might actually be like a permanent thing. I would almost guarantee that we pick up his team option for next year. Right, twenty three million is like it's it's a lot of money for Bruce Brown, but like. In the grand scheme of things, we don't have that much money yeah. soaking up our bucks. Uh, Scotty's long-term extension won't kick in until after next season. Right. And so, like, you can kind of figure it out where if we want to keep Bruce Brown longer, we can pay him less once Scotty's comes in and mm-hmm. whatever. But, yeah, it'll make sense to bring him back next year. I mean, we're probably going to resign quickly. Probably bring back Olenek. Uh Jordan Noir is really the only player that we brought in that I'm like, probably won't, whatever on. probably won't resign him. He's looked good in some minutes, but, like, whatever. You can get that from somewhere else. Um... Mm-hmm. He's got crazy hands. I noticed that live. Like, uh, someone, like, missed a shot, and uh, like uh, the, he just grabbed the ball in the midair. And it, like, I blinked, and I saw Kawhi for a second. It's like this Spider-Man meme where he's not wearing his glasses. I was like, yeah. oh, my God. He's got, like, really good hands. Him and Olenek are a vibe. Like, they are goofing the whole time on the sidelines. Like, literally always cracking jokes at each other. Try to, like, bring, bring the fun back to the Raptors. Especially because we we lost Pascal. I yeah, think that, was, that, that was a big fun loss. And um, did you see that? Um, uh, Grady Dick had Ochag Baji's room. At, at I Kansas. did see that. Yeah, he wrote a note to yeah. him, right, like to whoever has this room. Yeah, be that's great so, or whatever. That's sick. That was yeah. really cool to really see. Really cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. For like for the people who don't know, like um, when Grady got into his room in college. There was a note from Ochai Obaji who had that room previously. Uh, like, yeah, some sort of message, like, be great mm-hmm. or something like that, which is really cool. Really full circle. Uh, our team has a lot of cool stories like that. Uh, like, like bringing all the, these Canadians is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Olenek on the interviews, we, he was asked what's his favorite part about coming to the team, and he said just being home. Like, being home is great. He even said it's a full circle moment. He said mm-hmm. he, there's a lot of love here, obviously, because he plays for Team Canada. Um, I mean, even if he doesn't, like, Dil- well, actually, Dylan Brooks always plays for two can. D- like, pe- like, any Canadian gets love. Yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. So, yeah. It's, uh, I actually, it feels it feels a little bit good to be a Raptors fan. Also, it feels good for me, especially, because I didn't see last night's game, where <laughs> <laughs> they kind of triple-double with blocks. Oh, my God, man. It was terrible. I watched the first, like, quarter and a half. The biggest thing to come out of it, though, was uh, Scotty Barnes left the game. With I 10 seconds left, walked back to the locker room and, like, left the bench, which is a big no-no. Right. And I think, in terms of team culture, he should get suspended for a game. Now, whether that will happen, but I don't know. I, I heard uh, Darko was defending him, though, in the interview. Say, like, he, he, he gave some sort of excuse, like, oh, Scotty thought that the time was expired or some random shit like that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I just think, like... You stay out there. Especially because, like, he's walking back to. on his own. Like, like uh, right. even if you think it's expired. Like, once you're, like, halfway down there and you're, like, there's nobody coming with me. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but, yeah. Whatever. You know, he's a young player. Like, he, it sucks losing. And, like, this kind of losing with the Raptors is, like, a different kind of losing. Yeah. Where it's, like, like, no matter. it's 
no matter what we do, we're going to lose most games. Right. Yeah, it's what, like, we used to be one of those teams, it's like, we can beat anyone on any given night. Now mm-hmm. it's like, we can lose to anyone on any given night. Yes, we can. <laughs> yes, we can. Um, the NBA as a whole is kind of cool. Warriors are starting to pick it up. They're mm-hmm. 5-0. Curry hit, like, 27 threes in three games. That's, he's aver- that's an average of nine threes made a game. Like, the record's, like, 13 in a, in a single <laughs> game. Like, that's yeah. insane. Yeah, um, he, he's been sec. He's, he's been really good this year. Mm-hmm. Um, the literally the this season has been dope, and the only one problem with this season, only one gripe I have is Embiid. Yeah. Sucks that like he's having like such an amazing season. He's gonna miss the rest of it, if not like most of the rest of it. Yeah. Um. But other than that, it's been sick. It's been a great year. <laughs> Agreed. Um. The rookie class is fun. There's a lot of really good rookies. Mm-hmm. Um. The trade deadline was a little bit boring, but that's okay. I kind of like teams, you know, sticking together and trying to. Yeah, there it was out. a lot of nothing going mm-hmm. on. I think, like honestly, like the like maybe the best player was Buddy Heald or Gordon Hayward. Like Gordon Hayward, probably like in terms of skill. Yeah, if you maybe Bogdanovich. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, Knicks got him right. Knicks yeah. are like kind of, kind of, kind of good. <laughs> yeah, really dead. Um. So, coming out of the trade deadline, I actually have some thoughts on all 30 teams. Yeah. It's maybe a sentence or two for both. You stop me on any teams that are exciting. For some of them, okay. there's nothing going on, and you don't need to stop me, yeah, okay? We, we got to buckle in, listeners, because this is a 45-page document. Yeah, I'm only going <laughs> to... I'm only going to do, like, the quick part I said uh, for all of them. Okay. So, for the Raptors, first and foremost, uh, the Raptors are almost certainly trying to tank this year in hopes of retaining, retaining their top six protected 2024 first-round pick. And so it makes sense. So we threw everything away at the deadline. Yep. Uh, basically everything that wasn't nailed down is out the door and uh, mm-hmm. got younger. Good for us. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention is even though we lost a first round pick, if it's basically the same pick as our Detroit second. Like, and so like people are like a first for Olenek, like... That first is the worst of OKC and the Clippers, right? Like Yeah, and like, like we have two... We have guaranteed two picks in this draft, and if everything works out, we have three picks in this yeah, draft. Yeah, if we get our Because we have Indiana's first and Detroit's second. So, like, uh, we don't need that many picks in yep. this year's draft. Whatever. I'd rather I'd rather get a player in the door, like Agbaji, a, a who played a long college career. I think he, I think he might have done all four years. Okay. And already has some NBA experience, and just try and work that in. Instead of working in three different rookies next year that yep. all want to, like... Figure it out in the NBA. It's nice right. to have a dude who kind of knows what's going on, but is also young. Yeah. So especially, uh, I didn't know he did that much uh, college, but I, I do like players like that because they're like they're humble. They're not trying to do too much. They already know their role, probably, mm-hmm. uh, which is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, next team I have is the New York Knicks. Uh, the Knicks did an amazing job overhauling their roster this season, and have to think of themselves as a third best team in the East as things stand right now. Yeah. Which like if you're if you're the Knicks, like you're looking at it and you're like. Really, there's only two teams that, like, really scare them. Like, there's good teams in the East. Like, Cleveland, Cleveland also probably yeah. is like, oh, we're the third best team. But if you're the Knicks, you are like, we are the third best team. Right. And we, I mean, they could be, they could be any team in a playoff series, in mm-hmm. my opinion. I, I, I wouldn't have them coming out of the East, uh, just because, I mean, Boston and Milwaukee are very, very scary. Yeah. But they can beat either of those teams. I mean, Milwaukee, like, lost in the first round last year. Like, all <laughs> it takes is Giannis to be hurt for two games. And that's a completely different series. Yep. Uh, and, like, Boston is... Boston's really scary and really deep. <laughs> uh, but the Knicks are so good. Like, they got OG, Bogdan- Bojan Bogdanovic, Alec Burks, and Precious Achua, who can all crack the rotation and fill in all, like, the holes on their roster. Yeah, exactly. And they didn't have to give up... 
aside from RJ Barrett, they gave up no like playoff players for them this year. Right. All the I, other players I, that they gave IQ, up. IQ was getting. He was like their sixth man, no? Yeah, but he was he was bad in the playoffs for them both the last two years. So right. I think that they kind of were like you know, <laughs> you know, just let him go, whatever. Right. Um. Yeah, and that's that's my thoughts on the Knicks. Uh, Boston Celtics. Uh, they the best team in the NBA. Just got a little deeper at no cost. I especially like the new depth at center. Xavier Tillman uh, has played playoff minutes. He was the starting center for Memphis in the playoffs last year, uh, and he's their third center now. And so he right. probably won't play. But Chris Asperzingis and Al Horford is a little scary yeah, it's at center. For that. And to have a third dude in there just in case is perfectly fine. All that they gave up was two second round picks. Oh no, they, they yeah they gave up two second round picks and Lamar Stevens and Delano Banton. Uh, none of whom have any effect on the roster. Well, Delano Banton. <laughs> is goaded <laughs> Raptors legend mm-hmm. uh, next Philadelphia 76ers uh, they trade away a, a bunch of players who don't uh, factor that much in the only real rotation player they trade away is Patrick Beverly, Beverly. Uh, they brought in Buddy Heald they brought in Campaign and uh, they brought in Kyle Lowry who I actually don't have on here um, they gave up some seconds uh, and brought in a couple seconds as well uh, my take on this is Buddy Heald is the perfect Joel Embiid teammate hopefully Embiid comes back yes. before the end of the year if Embiid's back before the end of the year, they they would think of them. They are the third best team in the East. Right. If Embiid doesn't they, come back, they would think of themselves as the second best team in the East. Yeah, they might even think of themselves as the best team in the East. Right. Uh, like they're one of two teams in the East who can genuinely be like, maybe we have the best player in the conference. <laughs> yeah. Right. You're right. <laughs> um, uh, if Embiid doesn't come back this year, then their roster is going to be so different next year that like the only player that they have under contract now, now that they traded away Jaden Springer, uh under contract for next year is Joel Embiid. And they're almost certainly going to re-sign Tyrese Maxey. Yeah. That would... It would... If they didn't re-sign him, especially because they have his rights, uh, like, something <laughs> insane would have to happen between right. now and then. Uh, it would have to, like, something cataclysmic. To, yeah, I don't even know. What do you think of my little depth chart for their for their team next year? <laughs> <laughs> Maxey, free agent, free agent, free agent, Embiid. <laughs> Uh, okay, Brooklyn Nets. That's not a bad team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I mean, they bring everything back. Like, whatever, you know? Like, mm-hmm. uh, But we'll see. Uh, I've heard that they're linked to Paul George. Uh, mm. if, if Paul George goes anywhere that isn't the Clippers, it will be Philly because they're the only team that really has, like, money. Like, he's not going to go to Utah or Detroit. Right. Or, when they, or even Orlando, like one of the other teams that have uh, money. So uh, it would be nice to get him. I wouldn't mind getting DeRozan there if I was them as well uh mm. if you can get him for like a short like two or three year contract somewhere around 30 mil if not a little bit less uh and if not just bring back everything you have yeah i don't know about DeRozan. i feel like that's some ugly spacing with Embiid. Mm-hmm. what i will say is the best version of that team we saw was Embiid with butler and butler was taking the end of the game shots and mm. every time Embiid is the guy who has to take the end of the game shots it's a little scary and i'm not saying DeRozan's jimmy butler but it would be nice to have another clutch guy on the floor. Right. Unless Maxi will see what he does in this playoffs. Mm-hmm. So that I would say DeRozan makes the most sense if they flame out in this playoffs. If they do well in this playoffs, or like if Embiid doesn't play and you don't really get that much information, I would almost just sign back the team that they have. Right. Um, yeah, I'm really curious what Tobias Harris is going to be get paid. Yeah, I mean, um, like, we'll see. I could see like Detroit overpaying for him. Right, yeah, a team um, like that. Them, I yeah I agree I can definitely see that. like the three range the range of options for him is like he a team like Detroit overpays for him 
or he goes back to Philly and gets paid what he's like worth, or he takes a bit of a pay cut after making a lot of money and he goes to like the Thunder or something mm. and it just plays like a backup forward role, <laughs> like just yeah. like because like the Thunder have thirty five million in cap next year and mm. basically don't need anything. Right. <laughs> so like they can add anybody to come off their bench really, uh, as long as somebody wants to take that role. Mm-hmm. Uh, on to Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn gave up Spencer Dinwiddie, Royce O'Neal for Dennis Schroeder and Kade Bates Diop. Uh, they got three second round picks though. Uh, Brooklyn gives up a couple Dude. guys. They probably would not resign this offseason for players on contracts and seconds, which is smart. Spencer Dinwiddie and Royce O'Neal, both vets, probably don't want to be on a bad team. Yeah. Dennis Schroeder, Kade Bates Diop, both signed next year, and you get second round picks. That's a smart deadline for mm-hmm. me for a team that like doesn't want a full on tank, so you don't want to trade away your good players. And then, like, how good are you really going to get if you were to trade? Like, the best player who got moved was Bogdanovich, as we said. So, like, right. how much does that move the needle for you? So, you know what? Like, giving yourself some cap flexibility in the future and some picks? Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you hear a random report that Dimwitty has a $1 incentive if the Lakers win a championship? I did hear that. Okay. <laughs> I was a, we'll get to the Lakers eventually. Uh, but I have some thoughts on that. Uh, Detroit. Such a long list of stuff. <laughs> My <laughs> comment on Detroit is any roster shakeup is good for Detroit. If they win 15 games, this, tra- this trade deadline is a rousing success. <laughs> 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 and they've been like, kind of good since the trade deadline. Yeah. Uh, Jay and Ivy's been really good. Um, and yeah, they. I mean, they're a net one second round pick positive coming out of this. Okay. And then everything else doesn't really matter. Uh, uh, like no, None of the players that they got are going to do anything for them. Unless you really believe in Quinton Grimes and think Thibodeau is crazy for not playing him. Uh, I like Simone uh, Fontecchio, but like he's like a 29-year-old rookie. Mm-hmm. I don't. <laughs> like, whatever. Who cares? Rashid Melton's pretty good. He's fine. But, like, I don't know. Minnesota's needed... A, like, they traded... Minnesota traded him for, like, uh, Monte Morris. And Monte Morris isn't that good. Right. It's to upgrade the backup point guard position. Mm-hmm. So, like... I, I don't think Shake Milton. Yeah, I guess I'm thinking two years ago he was pretty good. Yeah, something's happened. They have 63 million in cap this summer, <laughs> so watch out for them. Uh, I also, uh, when I wrote this, I didn't have Jay and Ivy. Jay and Ivy will probably start in their backcourt. I don't hate them as overpaying for somebody kind of team. Uh, I, I could see them swiping Gary Trent Jr. from us if they were like, let's give him 20 million a year. Right. Uh, if I was Toronto, I would just be like, all right. Sure. Take him. <laughs> well, eh, no, I'd think I'd give him 20 mil. Like you said, we don't have much money. Yeah, maybe. Up. Yeah. Uh, Indiana. They got Pascal Siakam and Doug McDermott. They trade away Bruce Brown and Jordan Noir. Good. Good. Pa- Pascal's a genuine number two next to Halliburton. It's nice to see their confidence in him. That's the biggest thing with a star like that. It's like being like, fuck it, we're going to trade our first and get you another genuine star. Yeah. It, get, it shows Halley that, like, they're bought in on him. Right. And they're they're not content being mid. They want to be good around him. Uh, Pascal's the best player by a long shot to get moved during this season. Um, I mean, like, Harden is, a, like, a close second, I would say. Right. And then, like, Ananobi. Uh, but, yeah, Pascal's the best player to get moved this season. And good on Indiana for getting him. Yeah. Uh, next, Milwaukee. Uh, they got him Patrick Beverly instead of campaign, which is a nice little move to bolster Milwaukee's bench and add defensive guard. They really need defense at the guard spot. Yeah. Uh, campaign can't do that. Patrick Beverly can do that. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. New Drew Holiday. Yeah. New diet Drew Holiday. And, like, I mean, he's not going to save their defense. But, like, having a dude to put out there on your, like, Jalen Brunson of the world right. is nice <laughs> in the playoffs. It's really <laughs> the nice. Dame Lillards. Your Tyrese oh, Maxis. They, they have the Yeah, they have <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Tyrese Maxis of the world. You right. know, those kinds of Halliburton, dudes. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, which is nice. Good for them. 
Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers didn't do anything. Stood pat at deadline. That felt like it could have gone either way. Felt like they could have traded Mitchell. Felt less so recently because of how good they've yeah, been. Yeah, they've been so good. Recently. Um, and then like I like I don't know what they could have gotten that would have really moved the needle for them. Yeah. Uh, so like whatever. No thoughts on Cleveland. Uh, like their big decision is gonna come. I know. Like this off season on whether they want to do one more year with Mitchell before his contract's up or jump ship. Oh, I thought you meant their big decision. The like the bigs. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that's a decision. That too, too. and that, that's a tough decision. Because both. Allen <laughs> it's funny because they both been really good. Allen Mobley, like Allen was really good while Mobley was hurt, and then is still good now. And then Mobley came back, and he's like a different player. Like early on in the year, I was like, oh no, you're worried. I was well, I was because like I have a lot of Mobley stock. Like I thought he was really good coming out of the draft, and mm-hmm. he like didn't look that good early in the year, and he's been really good recently. Right. See that snatch block that he had? I think oh, like god. last week. Oh my god. On who? Like I don't even think he jumps. And he like grabs <laughs> the ball and like does like the bring it under his yeah, arm kind of yeah, deal, like sick. a football player. Oh my god. He's a uh, he's different defensively. He's like yeah, uh, he is. I mean like Wembenyama is like the defensive comp for him, which is weird because Wembenyama is <laughs> so much younger. And but better. like that kind of just like long dude. He's like a bit like slightly diet Wemby. Yeah, was he runner up depoy last year or at least third? He was runner up because Brook Lopez was third. Nice. Alright, uh, Chicago Bulls, no moves. Trash. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I look in, uh, if there was a window into the multiverse, this could be us if we, uh, if we just kept staying the same. This was us last year. Yeah, this is us last year. And them last year. <laughs> yeah, and then they beat us last year. They did it better than we did. Right. Um... um I mean, I mean, like, they're banking on Lonzo Ball. Like, when they had Lonzo Ball, they were a good team. And then, like, they had a little stretch this year where they were a good team. And they're thinking, if we get Lonzo back, we might be a frisky team. But, like, you're not winning a championship with this team. Even if you are if you become a playoff team, which would be sick for them. They'd love to be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. That doesn't, it's not going to produce anything. Well, like, let's say Lonzo Ball comes back next year and he's good. They have... Five good players on their roster next year, assuming they don't re-sign DeMar DeRozan. If they re-sign DeMar DeRozan, like, I wouldn't judge Chicago Bulls fans for killing themselves upon hearing <laughs> that news. Um, and their five genuine good players would be... I think DeRozan wants to re-sign. Did you hear his yeah, quote? I, he was, like, talking about how it's, like, a marriage, and it's like, I love you, you love me, let's just try and make it work. Yeah, no. Please don't. <laughs> please don't. Um, just get the divorce. But they're like the Vucevic is good, and that's nice because nobody else really fills that Vucevic role for them. But then their other four like good players next year would be Levine, Ball, Caruso, and White. And right. I don't even know if you can play three of those guys at the same yeah. time, let alone all four of them. <laughs> um, well, maybe you can because Lonzo's so and versatile Caruso. defensively. And yeah, but like still, that's mighty small. Yeah. Um, I was thinking, but also then like because you want Kobe White and Levine starting, so yeah, yeah. That, that's tough. Yeah, which uh, is. <laughs> And, like, nobody wants to trade for Levine, and you're not going to trade Kobe White. Yep. So they're fucked. Uh, is long and short of it. I did say before the podcast, though, Vucevic for Andrew Wiggins <laughs> is kind of a fun little trade is, for both teams. Is. I would say if you could figure, if you could do Vucevic and Caruso and get back, like, a little, like, Wiggins and, and like, Moody and, like, a pick or something like that, like, that could that could work out for both teams. But something, I think those two teams should get together. Well, Vucevic it needs to be a juicy pick or a pick and some seconds. I feel like Chicago would say no uh, to that, just that proposed deal, like, with the Caruso. The Caruso by himself gets you a pick. Yeah. But then I guess, yeah, to your point, then Vucevic gets you uh, Wiggins. So, yeah, actually, you know what? That's not bad. 
Yeah, and I just think, like, it kind of works for both teams. Like, you want to sell on Vucevic. So, like, Wiggins is just the cap balance. But also, like, you can kind of, like, that's not even, like, a selling, like, we're going to be bad move for them. Mm-hmm. For, for Chicago. Because, like, Wiggins could be good. And he could play the power forward for them. He is one player who can slide down to power forward and right. let you play three of your guards. Um, and then, Vuce, like, Golden State needs bigs. Um, are Wiggins and Levine tied at all? Did they play together in Minnesota? Yeah, they did. Oh, okay, nice. So there'll be a little reunion. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, call me in Chicago if you want more front <laughs> office decisions. I guarantee you I'd do a better job than you. Uh, all right, <laughs> on to our next team, Washington Wizards. Uh, they traded Daniel Gafford, Daniel Gallinari, Mike Muscala. They got in nothing, uh, a bunch of garbage. <laughs> Norm uh, Bagley's good. Uh, a 2024 Dallas first is fun. Uh, getting a first-round pick is good for a team like Washington. It's fun to have rookies next year. Mm-hmm. Uh Nice little pick haul for the little talent the Washington has and gave up there. Yep. Uh, I don't love moving Gafford, but the fact that you got a first out of him is nice. Yeah. Like, uh, for a player of Gafford's, like, talent, like, if somebody's like, I'll give you a first for him, and you're that bad, fuck it. Yeah, we'll take the first. Agreed. Um, it's unprotected, too, right? Yeah. And, yeah. like, uh, like the Mavs missed the playoffs last year. So, it's, mm-hmm. that's why I've been, like, like, that could be a decent pick. Yeah, I mean, like, Dallas, right now, that would be the 5, 6, 7, 8, 9... 14, 15, 16. That would be, like, the 17th pick, mm. which is solid for, yeah. like, for like Gafford. Like, I don't know. Like, Dallas got lively at 12 last year. So, like, mm-hmm. to think you could get, like, a center who can replace, let's say, 60% of what Gafford gives right. you immediately next year that you, then you can build upon beyond that. Yeah. Apparently, Washington also, uh, they had, like, a Kuzma to Dallas kind of deal uh, in the works. And they asked Kuzma about it, and he said he didn't want to do that. I know. Which makes total sense to me. Because, like, he's already won his championship. Why the fuck would he want to win? No, he, I, like, he just wants to take shots, and that's fun. I like I that. know, but I, I hated his quote about it. He was like, yeah, I've already won a championship. I understand it's not about trying to make the playoffs. It's about trying to win a championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's only, like, really three contenders every year. And it's like, okay, but I'd rather make the playoffs than be, like, the. I'd rather be playing in when the playoffs are happening than watching it from home. The one count... I, I kind of agree with part of that where it's like a bit of a loser mentality. My Mm. one counter to that is when he was with the Lakers, like he provided a lot of good role player stuff for them. Yeah. And was the scapegoat always like when they, when they were like losing games, it was always like Kuzma is not playing well enough for them. Kuzma. Mm. Kuzma wasn't their star. He was like (laughs) their third or fourth dude. And it felt like it was like Kuzma is so shit. And like, right. And then he he was like their third best player when they want to rank. He goes to Washington. He gets a four year deal. That's descending. So he gets paid 26 million this year and will get paid less every year for the next three Mm. years than that, which is a great, contract but everyone was like why the fuck would they pay him that much money because like uh, he's pretty everyone good hated him he's good at basketball Lakers. he's good at basketball like he can play defense like at a right. decent level and he can score at an above decent level yeah <laughs> uh, anyway good player uh yeah but washington sucks and they're gonna suck for a while uh have fun with your high pack <laughs> charlotte hornets uh they trade terry rozier goran Hayward, pj washington uh, so, like, actually a lot of good players. They get back Grant Williams, Trey Mann, Seth Curry, Davis Bertans, and Vasily Micic. I love this for them. The big part about this is 2027 Miami first, 2027 Dallas first. Mm. In the NBA, a first three years from now, who fucking knows? <laughs> yeah. Miami had almost bet on that being a half-decent pick. Dallas? Like, well, it's always so tough. Miami's kind of always good. Yeah, the, like, the one thing I will say is Butler's going to be a little old by then. Right. Like, I was eyeing that, that pick because I feel like... 
they want to win right now, but they're not going to be that good. Like, who knows? Because Tyler Hero, I'd say, is, like, the big decider for them. I have a hard time believing Bam can ever be, like, the best player on a, a team that wins more than one round. Yeah. Uh, but if Tyler Hero can get to that level or a little bit better, then, like, who cares? Like, they'll be pretty good. And anyway. Butler's missing a lot of games. Like, he, mm-hmm. he, he, he's starting to age, for sure. Um, I also like uh, picking up Grant Williams for them, signed for three more years, because it feels like... Uh, either he's going to be a good role player for them or like he's always going to have value. His contract's not that big mm-hmm. and uh, he can do role player stuff. Bit of a chem killer, apparently, but like whatever. Um, yeah, it was really weird him and Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. like And actually, him. yeah, true. He kind of has a history. Like the Boston uh, fans really did not like him uh, chirping Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, whatever. I can't believe it didn't work out in Dallas. I thought that was a fantastic sign i know it worked out for like a month and then stopped Mm -hmm. but for charlotte like the only player that they traded away that like i would even be a little bit hesitant to trade away if i was them was pj washington and if you get two firsts and a bunch of movable contracts for that like you're you're flying hawaiian uh miami heat trade away kyle larry gone terry rosier give up their first uh the rosier trade is good value on its own but probably won't be enough for this miami team that wants to win a championship uh I, i like that trade but I, I think that, the, who knows, because they made the finals last year, and I would have said they were aimless last year. Yeah. But they still feel aimless. They are the weirdest team. Every year, it's like they suck. And then in the playoffs come, and they're just a totally different breed. But, like, the clock is running out on Joey Butler, as you mentioned. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I also, I once again will continue to doubt them, and I probably will once again be proven wrong. That's what history shows. Yeah, and I mean, like... To, like, look at their cap for next year, if you look at all the players they have under contract and all the picks that they're going to have to pay, like, they're so tight up to the second apron. And, like, if they stay below that, that's fine. But, like, if that roster crosses the second apron, like, they're going to have to trade, like, a Duncan Robinson or something. Like, you can't have a roster that isn't a guaranteed championship team cross that. Mm -hmm. Because it just limits you so much on what you can do with with your team. especially because Miami is great at using those uh, exceptions or, Mm -hmm. or minimums. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. Orlando Magic. No transactions. Uh, they decide to see what they have with their current team, waiting for the offseason to make their moves. A patient approach, which they can afford with their youth. Yeah, they're young, and they're good, and they don't need to make trades. Yeah. They have $61 million in cap space this They're the Rockets season. of the East. Uh, I kind of like them. I mean, like, I'm a little crazy for this. I, I would... I would go after James Harden in the offseason if I was them. <laughs> um, <laughs> Interesting. Because, um, like, $61 million, like, you could give James Harden a little, whatever Ooh, money he wants right. and still have money. Like, if they give him $35 million, which is more than the Clippers would offer him, I would almost guarantee. Still that's still, million. Yeah, yeah, you have $25 million left over. <laughs> and, like, then you're, you, you have no starting spots which you need to replace unless you want to upgrade Wendell Carter at the center. Because you could run Harden, Suggs, which, like, makes a lot of sense as a backcourt with right. your offense, defense, kind of, like, both dudes. Mm-hmm. And, like, Franz Wagner, Paolo Bancaro. It feels like Paolo's good enough where everyone's always, like, Harden won't want to, like, play with a dude who he sees as, like, not, like, good enough. Paolo's, like, really good right yeah. now. And, and, like, he's played for Team USA. And, like, he's, like, an all-star. So I feel like there'd be some respect there. And to have, like... A veteran come in and kind of, you know, like, run the ship. They haven't had, like, a real point guard, like, a right. real point guard in a while. Marco <laughs> Fultz is fine, but... Anyway, that's my that's my Orlando Magic uh, James Harden pitch. Don't hate it. Yeah, I feel like it would be fun. Uh, Atlanta Hawks, uh, no deals. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> my, my comment, this Atlanta team is broken. It is an absolute crapshoot to guess what direction they will go in moving forward. <laughs> uh, yeah, who knows? Uh, like, if they trade Trey Young, they're going to have to probably strip it all down. 
I yeah, would, I, I, I can't believe people are like, who are they trading, Trey or Dejounte? What do, like if you're trading Trey, you're just like you're just, you're fully rebuilding again. You're already gonna give up on Trey Young. Like Dejounte is the obvious trade. Like yeah. you're never gonna draft it. Not never. It is so unlikely you're gonna draft a dude better than Trey Young. And um, and like if you're gonna trade Trey, you gotta trade them both. It's not like you're not gonna build a championship team around Dejounte Murray. Mm-mm. Like the only possible maybe that you trade Trey is some like. Like Kawhi move, like we did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Like if you have like a Trey Young for Donovan Mitchell or something like that, which right. wouldn't happen because of Garland, but like something of that ilk, like mm-hmm. sure, go for it. But yeah. aside from that, like why? Exactly. Um. Yeah. I have no idea. What even Mitchell do. might be a little low. Like you might even need like a bigger fish than that. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I would do that if I was Atlanta still, just mm-hmm. to switch things up. But right. like, uh, whatever. Dejounte Murray's been good for them this year too. Feels like his trade value's increased in the last month. So if he keeps playing this well, like that's good for them because like you can trade him for something. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't like that fit in their backcourt, and it feels like if, like Bogdanovich, like they're gonna have to do something with them, like because like he he's just too good and paid too much right. to be like a backup on a team that's that bad. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. All right, let's move over to the West. New Orleans trade Kira Lewis, brought in a 2024 second. New Orleans made surprisingly little moves for a team that hopes to make a deep playoff run. Um, I, they're a weird team to project going forward. Really weird. Uh, they have Giannis Valanciunas as a free agent this summer, and he's the best center on the market, so they're almost better served to bring him back, especially because like, the fact that he has at least a tiny bit of a jumper kind of works with Zion. Uh, but like aside from that, like I don't even know what the move is for them. I know. Um, they're, yeah, because there's no weird limbo. They have, like, good young players and good old players. Mm-hmm. So they could kind of go either way. I know Zion keeps popping up in rumors, but not not from the New Orleans, just, like, fandom. Um, I think that's insane. I feel like it's, like, see what they look like in the playoffs. Right. Uh, we know Brandon Ingram was good in the one playoff series we've seen him in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if Zion looks good in the playoffs, too, then who knows? I mean, like, they could make a deep run if they wanted to. But yeah. uh, we'll see. We'll see for sure. Houston Rockets uh, traded Victor Oladipo, brought back Steven Adams, gave up a couple seconds in that deal. Uh, Houston gives up relatively little for a very solid backup center in Steven Adams, staying in line with their history of good culture vets. Steven Adams, good culture vet. Yeah. Van Fleet, good culture vet. Right. Uh, Dylan Brooks, I kind of like him for their culture vet. Mm-hmm. And, like, Jeff Green, good culture vet. Like, yeah. they're a team that just, like, they keep on bringing in these... Like, they had this young team, and then they did it the right way, where they bring in all these veterans who have won, in the case of Jeff Green and Fred Van Vliet, champions. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of like what they've been doing I mean, with this and team. Steven Adams is no stranger to the playoffs either. No, yeah. he's and, and, like, I feel like at this point in his career, with how physical he plays and coming off of a major injury, I kind of love having him in a limited backup role. Right. Where he'll never play with Schengen. They make no sense together. Yeah, yeah. But, like, that means, like, Steven Adams only has to play, like, 15 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. If not less. I think he's more than solid. I think you're underselling how good Steven Adams is. Yeah, I'm just worried off of missing off a full year to right. an injury. Um, but, well, yeah, like, we'll see. Uh, I, I like the pickup for them, and I like everything they've done in the past year. I like the culture that they're building. They kind of got screwed that Jalen Green hasn't been a little bit better. Right. But the, like, you flip that for how good Sangoon's been. Like, mm-hmm. they took Sangoon with a mid-round pick, and they took Jalen Green top three, and they've played, like, the like flipped. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, if Sangoon was a top three, it'd be like, oh, he's about as good as we thought he would be. And if yeah. Jalen Green was the 15th pick, it'd be like, oh, he's about as good as we <laughs> yeah, thought he exactly. would be. Yeah, exactly. So, whatever. Like, the, I like the position that they're in. Also, I cannot believe that their strategy worked. The whole, like, wave two or whatever. Actually, yeah. It worked. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> they I mean, made the, the playoffs. They might not make the play in this year. 
But like, well, they currently are. Right? I like, no, they're not. Oh, they're not. out of it. Yeah. Oh right, yeah. We're just um, looking at that. But yeah, I like it. I, yeah, I, I like the direction they're going. In. Now to Memphis, they trade away Stephen Adams, Xavier Tillman, David Roddy. They bring in Utawa Nabe and Lamar Stevens, and also one, two, three, four, five seconds while trading away too. Uh, so Memphis punts on this season, grabs assets in this year's draft, and becomes a little cheaper for next year. Nice. I mean, like, uh, yeah, it's fine whatever. Uh, Memphis is, this is a lost season for them, and they want to be bad and keep their pick. Which, hopefully, they're kind of good and keep, and well, I guess keeping their pick doesn't really matter. They want a high pick. Because uh, they, they, like, need to have cheap players to put around. They have three stars getting paid max contracts, and Marcus Smart gets paid a lot. And so they need a cheap player who's good to put around them. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, this pick for them is going to be massive. It's going to be like a franchise signing. Right. Like if it's good it's for them, bad. they could be a championship team right away. And if it's bad, like a, I mean, they could I mean, still who be knows? Good they right were away. the one seed like two years ago. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's just a few too many things have happened to that right. team where it's like you kind of want this pick to really work out. Yeah, but we'll see. Uh, let's look at Dallas Mavericks. They trade away Grant Williams, Seth Curry, Rishon Holmes. They receive Daniel Gafford, PJ Washington. They give up a couple. They give up two firsts, which like, wow, hmm. that's a lot. It's betting on this roster a lot. I like Gafford and Washington. Uh, they to beef up their front court and put some stuff around Luca. They stay young. Both those dudes are signed long term, so you don't got to worry about that on pretty decent contracts and only make twenty nine million combined. Mm. But that's like. Like, after trading for Kyrie last year and training for these guys this year, that's your team. Right. And Luka's good enough that that team can win a championship. Yeah. They can. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, that team, like, those four with Derek Jones Jr., and then you have Tim Hardaway off the bench, Josh Green off your bench, you have uh, Derek Lively off your bench. Like, that's that's a good, a really good team. Because it's a notable yeah. upgrade over a team that made the conference finals just a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, and you're right about Luka. Like, you just put a good enough team around him, he can, he can, he can bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. And also, as I said, $29 million between Washington and Gafford means like they could be traded for something else down mm. in the future. Uh, you have Tim Hardaway under $6 million, $16 million. I don't hate it. It's just like this is the move for them. And right. like if somebody comes up who they could have afforded with those picks, they'll be kicking themselves. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's better to do something than to not do anything as yeah. Chicago show. So, good for them. San Antonio trades away uh, Doug McDermott and gets back a second-round pick. Uh, my comment on it is San Antonio did not re- ha- really have much to trade at this deadline, seeing as they have an ass roster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that is true. I mean, like, I don't know what more they could have gotten for any of their other players. Yeah, I mean, maybe <laughs> someone takes Sohan or something. Yeah, uh, whatever. San Antonio. Talk to, bring them up in two years, and we'll we'll see where they're at. Yeah. Uh, Utah Jazz trade away Simone Fontecchio, Kelly Olynyk, Ochai Baji. They receive Otto Porter Jr. and Kira Lewis Jr. The big thing is they get two picks in this draft. Uh, Utah actually doesn't have their pick in this draft. I don't know who they trade it to, but I saw they didn't have it. They had no picks in this draft. Mm. Uh, so they get into this draft with two picks and trade away like nothing important. So that's nice. good for them. I one like first, one second. Mm-hmm. The first we were talking about earlier, which was the worst, the OKC Clippers one. And then, yeah, Washington second. So the 32nd pick probably, maybe even the 31st. Like Washington, right. bad. bad. Really bad. Nice. Good for them. Talk to me in a couple years. Mm-hmm. Minnesota, trade away uh, Shake Milton, Troy Brown Jr., get Monte Morris. They trade away a second round pick, whatever. I mean, like they're. Lat- pretty lateral. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they doubled down this year's roster by not moving any of their big contracts, uh, but they're going to have to come in terms with that this offseason. Right. Tough. <laughs> they have so much money. It's a lot of money, but whatever. 
It's not me spending it. Uh, Oklahoma trades Trey Mann, Vasily Michich, Davis Bertans, uh, draft compensation, which was never revealed to us. Um, for, oh, we have no idea how much? Uh, like, on the trade deadline, and the day after I checked, and it didn't say what they traded for draft compensation, I never checked again. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. <laughs> uh, and they got get Gordon Hayward and Bismack Biombo. Gordon uh, Hayward is such a good pickup for them. Yeah, I like him as a pickup for them a lot. Uh the only yeah but for Gordon Hayward is like there's like I'd say like a thirty five percent chance he's not healthy in the playoffs. Oh yeah, <laughs> it might even be higher than that. <laughs> he's one of those guys. It's like whenever he plays, he's really good. He does not play much. Um, they have thirty five million dollars in cap uh, this off season, and they have three picks in the first round, which makes me think that they're probably going to make a big trade this offseason. Mm. I would if I was them. Yeah. Uh, and so we'll see. Uh, they could be really good this year. I like adding a veteran on a team that has no playoff experience. Uh, Gordon Hayward has some playoff experience. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, Portland Trailblazers. All they did is get Delano Banton. Best uh, trade deadline of anybody. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, my comment on them is they have many more years to trade Jeremy Grant, so you don't got to worry about that. Uh, is Brogdon still on the books, too, for next year? Yep. Okay. And they could have a, a sneaky competitive roster as soon as they head on a draft pick. Right. As soon as they get, like, a draft pick that looks like a star right away. Uh, like, the problem is Aiden at $34 million next year is almost untradeable now. Yeah. Um, but Jeremy Grant, like, makes less than $30 million next year, which is fine value for him. It's pretty good. Um, and then, like, Brogdon's good. Rob Williams, if he can ever stay healthy for a full season, is good. <laughs> yeah, I forgot he's on the team for a sec. Uh, Scoot looks better. Shaden Sharp is looking good. Uh, their big thing is Anthony Simons is their, like, kind of the, the piece right now. But, like, whatever. They're going to probably, like, I bet you three years from now that roster will be completely different. Agreed. Um, yeah. Good for them. Uh, the one thing is, is with all their picks and all the players that they have, they have a full roster. And... They are only one and a half million beyond the luxury tax. They would uh, have to cut one and a half million. They definitely will. Which makes me think they'll trade one of the like Matisse Thybul feels like a dude who probably won't be on their team next mm. year or something like yep. that. Um, I like eleven million for him. Some team will trade that to have a backup guy who can defend, and yeah. like it'll be for nothing for like cash considerations. Right. Uh, Denver. No moves. Winning Maybe a title just last year is all the reason they need to make no moves at the deadline. Yeah. They have everyone. They came in as the most complete team in the NBA, and they're definitely top two. Yeah, and they have one free agent next offseason. That's DeAndre Jordan. Um, Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? (laughs) Uh, KCP has a $15 million player option, and Reggie Jackson has a $5 million player option. I think KCP will probably pick that up. And, and I think Reggie will probably will probably pick you it think? up too to stay on a good team because oh, yeah. that's over the vet minimum and like he doesn't feel like he's much better than a vet minimum player right. at this okay. point and like he's not going to go to more of a contender yeah um and so like whatever and even if he leaves then whatever the KCP is the only thing that you got to worry about like if mm. he, if he declines that then you're going to have to do something um they'll only be zero point nine uh. Under the second apron, uh, I don't know why it says over there, with one roster spat, spot left next year. Uh, so they'll probably trade uh, some amount of money to bring in just a couple minimums and get just under the second apron. Right. We'll see. Uh, Golden State Warriors trade Corey Joseph, Brian the second. Uh, they're going to have to answer some extremely tough questions this offseason, which was made easier by a recent interview where Clay Thompson said that he would take less money. To come yeah, out. which is sick. Mm-hmm. That's really good to hear. 
Yeah, I mean, they have $28 million to the luxury tax for their last five roster spots next year. Uh, so, like, you could give Clay, I don't know, $15 million of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also want to point out that uh, you brought up the second apron a lot. Uh, you're not speaking on going under it in terms of, like, the owner having to pay a big tax bill. It's, like, literally you get penalized in terms of you can't have certain spots on your team yeah. by going over it. Yeah, like, you really, really... Uh, like, I would be... I would do everything in my power to not right. go over that second apron. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're telling, if you're saying Denver shouldn't, then no one should. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how I feel about it. Uh, Phoenix trade Utah Watanabe, Kevin Stiop, Shemezi Metu, Jordan Goodwin, Brian Royce O'Neal, David Roddy, Lamar Stevens. Royce O'Neal is a nice pickup. Yeah, will crack their playoff rotation. Uh, unlike the players they traded, uh, mm-hmm. we will have to see if it's enough though. Uh, but you know, like when you're a team that can win a championship like them, bringing in a playoff rotation player and trading away none of your playoff rotation players is always a good trade deadline. Facts. Just brought in Thaddeus Young today as well, mm-hmm. who, I mean, they need more front court players. They definitely don't need more guards. So he just fits roster wise. And, uh, the biggest thing with him is if I were them, I would play Kevin Durant as sparingly as possible late in the season to keep him preserved for the playoffs, especially now that they have a good re- record. Right. And Royce O'Neal and Thaddeus Young can soak up regular season <laughs> yeah, forward exactly. minutes for you mm-hmm. and allow you to play him less. I would play... Smart. Yep. Uh, yeah, like... I, especially because I, they like doing this Kevin Durant at center thing, which, like, I mean, he's had success at it, but I do, like, in Brooklyn, but uh, mm-hmm. it's so scary. He's so old. I don't want him banging with... Jokic and Valjudas. Yeah, so play Thaddeus Sabotis. Young. Play Thaddeus Young at center. Yeah. We'll see how it looks. You're going to have to roll with it for the regular season. But come playoffs, you might have to put Kevin Durant back at center. But at least yeah, it'll be in the playoffs, fresh. you can do it. Yeah. Uh, so I like both those pickups for them. Also, David Roddy signed two more years, and he's a young player, which is nice. Like, they need contracts on their roster. So right. any contracts they can put on the roster is good. Um,. They're going to be over the second apron guarantee next year. There's no way to get under it. Uh, unless, like, they blow it up, which they won't. Uh, Los Angeles Clippers. No moves made. Uh, the Clippers have been rolling since acquiring James Harden. No moves are good moves. Why mess with a good thing? James Harden was their move, and they made it early in the season. So waiting to, until instead of waiting until the, the trade deadline. Yeah. Which, for a player that good, is the move to do it early in the season. Right, so you build the chemistry. Yeah, especially because it turned out so bad. Like, mm-hmm. imagine if they were just trying to figure it out now. Yeah, you look at the first eight games, it was like, holy fuck, are they, <laughs> yeah. are they, are they fucked? Uh, they're going to have a hard time this offseason with both Paul George and James Harden, uh, both free agents, because uh, they're $72 million away from the second apron. Hmm. And Paul George, like, the max for him is going to be $48 million starting next year, so I have a hard time believing that they'll pay him anything less than $40 million. Well, I bet you can negotiate a scaling contract where it starts low and ends high. Yeah, I just think you're not going to get below 40. Like, maybe yeah, yeah, you'll get just right. below it. Maybe, like, 38. But even that seems but like But then you have to scale it so high that you're really screwing up the future. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then, like, James Harden is probably, I would assume, going to ask for... I would be surprised if it's below, like, 28 million. And so that's, like, about 68 million out of the 72 million you have to the second apron for those two players. So, I mean, you don't really need to sign much else. Mm-hmm. But, yikes. Is T-Man up for a deal? Terrence Mann? Uh, nope. He has ele- he's $11 million on the books next year. Oh, okay, cool. Um, I mean, the real move is to trade P.J. Tucker's $11.5 million contract and probably throw a pick in with that. Dude, I can't believe P.J. has turned so much. I, I mean, I get that he, he thinks he contributes still, and I mean, he probably can. Um, and uh, But it's so weird. Like, uh, him and Harden, I thought, were so so tight that uh, 
But he he's doing such weird shit on Twitter. I know. Or, yeah. on, his, or on Instagram. I don't get it. Right, now, Whatever. Now into Sacramento. No trades is all right for the Kings at this deadline, but they will have to make moves this offseason if they ever want to be more than pretty good. Yep. Um, yeah, like, uh, like if there's no trade out there, there's no trade out there. But there's, like, when, you're, when you miss the playoffs for 16 years in a row, it is amazing to be an all right team. Yeah. It is amazing to be a pretty good team. But eventually that'll wear off. And that's cool the second year, too. It's uh, by, it's fine the second year. but like, it's still cool. It's still a good thing. Once you get through two years of that, it's like, all right, let's do something. And with this current roster, uh, unless Keegan Murray can make a real step forward, it's tough to see with it. Uh, giving Harrison Barnes $18 million per year in the offseason was a misstep. But you can't see into the future. Yeah. And I think doubling down on the roster they had last year was not the wrong move. I mean, nope. they were like... Both their star players were injured by the end of their first round series. And they still went to seven games. And if Steph Curry doesn't have maybe the best game of his playoff <laughs> career, they might make the second round. Right. And then all bets are off from there. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. <laughs> um, they're going to have to do something. Mm-hmm. And Malik Monk is a free agent this offseason. And, like... He's kind of really important for that team. <laughs> and he'll be getting offers for sure. Yeah, he'll be getting offers from a lot of people. I don't know if they'll be able to bring him back. We'll see. Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, they didn't give up anything at the trade deadline, but they did get Spencer Dinwiddie off the buyout market, which is really nice. But yep. um, the Lakers making no real trade speaks to a notion that their front office will make deals in this offseason. They have mm. three picks available to trade this offseason. Uh, the Russell Hachimura, like Gabe Vincent, Vanderbilt contracts, like that's... Uh, over fifty million uh, worth of contracts to deal right there of players who aren't like essential, essential to their team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like it feels like they've got a star trade in the future for them. If the Atlanta's dumb enough to trade Trey Young, I I, I don't hate it for them. Yeah. And like and like if I'm Atlanta, like like Rui Hachimura, I mean like whatever contracts you want to put together for it. Like I would love some Lakers if I get multiple <laughs> Lakers first round picks at the end of this decade. Like I'm happy. Well, Those do they have multiple to trade? Yeah, they have three. Wow. This, starting this off season, and they didn't make any moves. What the fuck? No, because <laughs> they only have two available to them right now. I know. They will have three this off season. Oh, and so. they they were hunting for Murray. I guess. Yeah, but I'd rather have Trey Young. Yeah, personally. <laughs> I mean, it's a little overlap with LeBron James, but I feel like LeBron James is kind of down to be a role player, or at least a second option at this point in his career. Like he's oh, he he was saying forever that he wanted AD. Yeah, he wanted to be the second option behind AD. Yeah, I'm a, like, I, I, we'll see with the Lakers. Like, uh, I don't really know. Like, yeah. LeBron has his player option for next year, which I, I have no idea what he's going to do with that. Yeah. I would bet on him staying in LA. But like if his son gets signed somewhere, then maybe he'll go there. But like if I like I would hate for his son to not stay in college for more than one year. I think it's the wrong move, right. and I think it would it, it's just to like do the legacy thing with LeBron just because he's been so bad in college this year. Like he'll get signed to a team. Mm-hmm. He might not get drafted. I mean, maybe a team would throw a second at him, but he would be on an NBA roster next year. Like guaranteed. I would throw a second at him. Is the Raptors and. We have a great second. Just if I can... Because that means eventually we're going to have LeBron. And, yeah. and he'll, he'll probably retire on whatever team Bronny plays for. Or maybe he'll do a thing in Cleveland, like a 10-day or something. But, like, yeah. that'd be insane to say LeBron played for the Raptors. Yeah. And it's worth a second. That alone. I, I don't think he would come to Toronto if his son got... Even if his son came here. Really? Oh, because yeah. LeBron's home? 
Oh, well, I just think, like, LeBron makes, like, a lot of money. And so him uh, being in a good tax area, even though he's in California right now, which isn't a good tax area, but I have a hard time believing you go to, like, a smaller market to get even taxed even harder. Right. Without Richie. Because the LA, you make up the tax with the endorsements yeah. and the Hollywood. And, like, he makes hundreds of millions. Of, like, he would get taxed at the Wazoo, which would be right. good for us. Like, we, we, would have, like roads, yeah. we would have roads built off of LeBron's taxes <laughs> in, like, Ontario. Right. <laughs> like, we would have, like, a whole new building and like they'd build see another hospital yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he'd be saving lives but yeah um yeah i just don't think well we'll see who knows but i think beyond all that like no matter what teams do if i was him i wouldn't declare because i would just want to play in college longer i know that kind of sucks that he doesn't get to play with his dad and right. like maybe but also I- like it, it's such a common thing sorry to interrupt you but mm-hmm. like like you're, you gotta do your own thing. You can't live out your parents' dreams, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and like, yeah, he's been like really bad in college this year, mm-hmm. and I would just like another year. Like, he could be good. He could be good. Right. And like, but like, I think jumping right to the NBA after having like a lackluster season, he's kind of setting himself up for like failure. Yeah, and he, he's gonna have so many eyes on him. It's gonna be so much pressure. Yeah, which he's had his whole life, but still, it, that's really tough on a kid. Oh, one quick point to make. Uh, this is so unrelated to everything, but, um, Caitlin Clark is, I think, eight points away from setting the women's college basketball, like, record for most points. Nice. And it's, like, a little bit crazy that, like, the, and, like, NCAA player that I'm most excited to watch come March is in the women's side. Yeah. There's facts. no men's player who I'm that excited to watch right. in the tournament, mm-hmm. which is, like, insane. And, like, it just speaks to, like... One, there's a problem with one and duns in, right. in college, which makes sense. Get your bag right away. Like, leave college and get your bag. Yep. Yeah. But, like... It's well, just, now they get paid, though. Now they get paid. They get yeah. their bag in college. But it's just... Yeah. Um, it's sick for the women. Yeah. I mean, like, she's, like... I feel like she's going to change, like, perceptions of everything. Mm-hmm. Like, even, like, last year, like, I was tuning into her games. Yeah, we and, were. and she was so much fun yeah. to watch. She's going to be really fucking good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and who was the, uh, the lady that beat her? Oh, last year. Yeah, I yeah. want to say Adrian Wilson, but that's a WWE player. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this point doesn't hit hard because I don't even know her fucking name, but she's cool too. <laughs> yeah, and Angel Reese too, whose name I t- <laughs> we totally knew and didn't spend the last five minutes googling. Uh, she, I, I just like not even necessarily her playstyle, but I really like her personality. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it's really sick for the women that um. The uh, the most hype is for their youth, which is what you want. For sure. Yeah, like, there's no even prospect at all in, uh, like, men's, men's that, like, you know, that comes, even close, comes yeah. even close to her. Mm-hmm. She's, like, uh, yeah, she's, like, an insane prospect. <laughs> yeah. Generational. Well, and, like, hopefully she works out for them. Uh, yeah, she's going to sell a lot of shoes for whatever company signs her. Oh, yeah. It's going to be sick. A yeah. lot of jerseys. Um... Can you name any of the players in this coming up NBA draft? Uh, no, and I was just listening to uh, someone break down what they think certain teams would want. Uh, no, I can't name any players, but I have heard uh, it's one of those drafts where you don't necessarily want to be a top pick. Like, I mean, you always want to be a top pick, but like, uh, if you're going to be a middle pick, like now's the draft to do it because there's a there seems to be decent depth, but not much high end. But so I. Think that the top player is Alexander Saar. 
Okay. He's, uh, a foreign player. He's from France. Got There's it. also like oh. Tijuan Saloon or something like that, uh, who is also another top player. Uh, Robert Dillingham is another player who's the guy you're supposed to look out for, apparently. Okay. I, mean, I don't know any of these players, but right. yeah. This is uh, what you've been I have hearing. somewhere on this page, I have uh, all the top prospects. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nikola Topic is apparently supposed to be good. Zachary Resasher. I I need to learn these pe- people's names. But, you know, if they're not good, they're not good. <laughs> so, who knows? I'll learn their name if they're good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Kyle Flipowski. Yeah, that's that's who I want. That's a sick name, Flipowski. Um, yeah, and so like if we if we get a top pick, then maybe we can worry about some of these top players. But mm-hmm. uh, oh man, I what I, how I learned a bunch of these names is I go on like uh, Fanspo, just quick plug of this random site. Uh, <laughs> one of their tools is they have like a mock draft simulator, and I'll like run mock drafts and like draft people to like all the teams like based on nice. needs and stuff like that, just to see like who fills needs for teams. Um, Alexander Stark, seven foot one power forward, which would fit really well in Detroit because <laughs> apparently his thing is is that he's super talented mm-hmm. and like for how big he is, he's good with the ball in his hand. But he's not a great rim protector or rebounder, mm-hmm. which would be perfect because they have Jalen Dern at center. Yeah. And so if you have a talented big who can shoot next to him, mm-hmm. that's a crazy front court because it's right. really big and they both fill each other's holes. You have two really good guards. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> cut, that, cut, that, cut that you have two really good guards and yeah uh they would need a small forward but mm-hmm. he's uh australian it looks like from perth uh he plays in perth he's french though oh god yeah oh yeah you mentioned he's french. uh and then you grab a small forward french you grab asian man like if you're detroit why not just spend fucking 35 million on demar Derozan for like three <laughs> years it's like remember when gordon hayward went to charlotte Derozan's a more valuable pickup than bridges and harden um, I think you'll get more money than both those players. Yes. Okay. Uh, I don't know if he's a more valuable. I, but I know you put this together more. quick. You, you yeah, didn't. Yeah, yeah. Get, you didn't give this like. You don't swear by this list. I think Demar's still better than Bridges right now. Okay. Uh, and I think he's better than Harden right now as well. Uh, but like, it's so weird. He's a better player in a vacuum, but he fits so few teams that Bridges yeah, exactly. value down. Uh, I think His skill honestly, him, dated. him and Harden both have a bit of that problem where they're kind of a weird fit to put onto a mm-hmm. team and need the ball probably a little bit more than how good they are at the age that they are right now. Right. Miles Bridges is just like, I have no idea how much interest <laughs> there is in him. Apparently Charlotte doesn't really, uh, like they're not 100% in on re-signing I've him. heard that. I've heard that. If I was Detroit, I would throw the fucking max out. <laughs> Might as well. Yeah. I've, I mean, Philly could. But it's it's yeah. not that much of a Tobias Harris upgrade, so maybe you just take Tobias. I kind of like the age, like yeah. he's like Maxi's age, about right. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good shooters in this year's uh, free agent class, like yeah. Grayson and Allen. But weren't the Chargers you dropped on him too, or Chargers? Uh, the second group of charges. The first dro- group of charges, like he like he testified guilty yeah, or whatever. The, he was found guilty. Found of. guilty. The, the second group of charges, he was found. Uh, Oh, okay. Not found innocent, but whatever it is where you're not found guilty or innocent. It's just like, like not enough evidence. Yeah. Oh, oh, not enough evidence. Got it. Got yeah. It. But yeah, there's a lot of uh, fun free agents this year um, that we'll see. I- I'm excited. I think Paul George will probably go back to his team. Uh, That's what I think. I can't believe he's, he hasn't already gotten the extension. I mean, they definitely offered it to him. Yeah. I don't know if they've offered him the whole... 
like uh, max because mm. like like he's eligible for like a five year max. I would have him at right. fifty five million when he's thirty eight years old. Mm. Which uh, and it's the him and Harden problem. It's like you kind of need to have a meeting with all with like with both of them in it, and it's like, well, we want you both, but we can't really pay for you both. Yeah, I mean, like, let me look. So, like, the teams that have like at least any kind of real cap space. You got the Pistons who have 63 million, so they can get whoever they want. Well, not whoever they want, because nobody wants to play there, but whoever <laughs> they can offer to everyone. Yeah. Uh, and multiple of everyone. Uh, Magic up 61 million in cap room. Same and, thing. Yeah. And they're, Marco Fultz is a free agent, so get James Harden. I, like, <laughs> legitimately, I'm starting this right now. James Harden on the Magic, and they would be freaking good right away. Yeah. Give him a big contract, you make it like two, maybe three years. Like, not a long contract. Harden would love to play in Florida. True. Harden's a big location guy, you know? Yeah. Like, like he likes a good, fun location. <laughs> he wouldn't go to Detroit. He wouldn't go to OKC. He wouldn't go to Utah. Mm-hmm. But you know where he would go? Fucking Disney World! <laughs> Harden would love it in Disney World. They got strip clubs in Orlando. Probably. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Uh, actually, <laughs> I, uh, the only thing I know about clubs in Orlando is actually fucked up. So uh, maybe, maybe it's not the place to go. I don't to. even know what you're referencing, but let's move on. Um... Sixers, but they just got a bunch of cap room. But, but they, they, most they have, that's going to Max. Yeah, no players. No, Maxi's already factored into that. That's oh. that's after Maxi gets the max. I factored okay. the absolute max. That he, he gets the get Maxi. Yeah, the Maxi, <laughs> uh, which is the smallest max that you can get out. It's the okay. max that you get if you haven't made an All NBA team yet and you have less than seven years of NBA experience. Got it. Because uh, you probably won't be an All NBA player this year. I mean, like, like there is a Probably world. Not. There's a world where he is. He's one of maybe I would say 30 players in the NBA who have any chance of making an All NBA team. But I would assume he doesn't. And He'll get votes. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, we look up. He's the 19th player, right. like on the voting list, especially because it's just like pure votes. Like it's no yeah, position anymore. No position. Uh, Which the, is great for his position because guards are stacked. Facts. <laughs> Jazz have a lot of uh, cap space. Uh, Thunder have a good amount of cap space. Uh, the Hornets. Harden could go back. That could be a Harden team. To Bring the Thunder? Home. No, I wouldn't do that for them. Yeah. Uh, they have too many people who need the ball in their hands. True. And it's, it's it's not like you bring them back like Durant or Westbrook. Like Harden, they traded away early into that process. Well, relatively. Like the, the, thing, the thing about that team is, is like, they're almost certainly going to start Shea. Shea and Lou Dort. And Jalen Williams and Chet Holmgren and Josh Giddy for right now is their power forward. But if I were them, I would. There's two ways I would look at them because I don't well, want Gordon Josh Hayward to be my starting power forward. Gordon Hayward might be their starting power forward. I wouldn't bring him back. They got a little too much cap space for Gordon Hayward. Well, yeah, well, it I would depends just, how good he looks. I would just throw some money at Tobias Harris. Be like, hey, mm. Tobias, you want to keep making thirty healthier million? healthier Gordon Hayward? Yeah, you want to keep making thirty million? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, come over here. Like, you know, we got a young team. Yep. We can give him a three a three year contract, and that would end right around the time that you guys start paying Chet and Jalen Williams, and mm. then you know, it works out for everyone. I like that. Um. Hornets also have some cap space. Could also feasibly sign Tobias. Harris. I think Tobias Harris is going to get another thirty million. Contract right from one of these teams. From one of these teams, they all need forwards. Like <laughs> he's but like some... just do Bridges at that point. Whatever. Like unless yeah. they really are trying to wash their hands out of the drama of the off the court. Oh, stuff. I would do Bridges. I would get Bridges for sure yeah. if I was them. But yeah, well, who knows? Uh, Spurs have about twenty four million in cap space. Uh, if I was the Spurs, the player I would offer a bunch of money to is Mike Conley, who's a free agent this offseason. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'd want to go play for Pop and see the young team. I would assume he's not going to want to go to a rebuilding team like that this late in his career, but I would offer 
almost all that caps. Yes. Yeah. They need a point guard, and yeah. I would be like, hey, Mike, <laughs> you can play for one of the greatest coaches of all time. There's mm-hmm. a chance we can be good right now, because that's how good Vic is. Right. And, yeah. and especially next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Clippers have $22 million in cap, but that's before signing Harden and Paul George. In right. the nightmare scenario that, let's say Paul George goes to the uh, the Sixers and mm-hmm. Harden goes to the Orlando Magic, mm-hmm. uh, I would use that cap on uh, DeMar DeRozan because that'd be fun. Bring him home and you would definitely take a pay cut. Um, <laughs> but I, I would just do whatever you can to keep, uh, keep Paul George at the very least. And I would do most of what I... I would do 95% of what I can to keep James Harden. Yeah. Uh, Wizards have about $17.8 million in cap. Uh, they need a starting center. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they offer Jonas Valanciunas most of that money. But I think if they give... If they're like, hey, Jonas, we'll give you $17 million, I think pelicans would just be like okay we have your bird rights we'll give you 17 million too right and he would just stay where he is they have his bird rights i thought that was only for young players no that's for if you keep if you have a player for more than one year you have the bird rights it means oh. that you can re-sign them oh, over sir. your cap it doesn't oh, mean that you can like it doesn't mean that you have the chance to i'm match. thinking of restricted free agency yeah, yeah yeah and then everyone else has their mid-levels uh the raptors actually have 12.8 million in cap room uh that's after re-signing quickly and picking up Bruce Brown's option. Oh, that's sick. Okay, uh, cool. So we would need a backup small forward and center with 12.8 million cap room and an 8 million mid-level. So I'd probably spend that 12.8 million on a backup small forward and then use the mid-level on Kelly Olenek because I doubt mm. Kelly will ask for more than 8 million and I doubt his market will be there. Yeah. Uh, we'll see though. Uh, and then, yeah, just a bunch of teams that... Eight, have, eight, yeah. fives. Hawks are the, have the lowest amount of money. Yeah, it's to keep them below the luxury tax. If they spend oh, more than course. that, then they'll go over the luxury right. tax. Yeah, which I, we, I wouldn't if I was that roster. Because all they, they need is a backup power forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless they trade some stuff. Uh, yeah, a bunch of teams. Like, the problem, like, the Suns have their $4.7 million biannual. Uh, which they kind of don't have. Because if they, they need to fill three roster spots. And if they use, like, like, anything more than that to bring back the players they have bird rights of... They'll go over the second apron, which disqualifies them for the biannual. So I don't even know why I put that on there. <laughs> I think they're just going to re-sign the players that they have and cross the second apron and hate their lives. Yeah, I mean, they have no choice. Because yeah. Beal's on a max, Durant's on a max, and um, Bucker's on a max. Mm-hmm. So that's really tough to make any moves. It's going to be a tough center market, though. Like, Grizzlies need a starting center now, because they have Tillman and Adams both gone. Yeah. Uh, the Warriors need a starting center, unless they want to try and run it back with Looney next year, or have Draymond be their only center. But I would, I would really strongly advise... Bringing back Clay and then using your full mid level on whatever center you can get. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem is after Valanciunas, like the centers that you have are like no one. Uh, I'm trying Isaiah Hardenstein, but he's probably going to be out of their price range. Maybe he'll sign for eight million, but he's like under ten million right now. That feels like where he'll stay. Yeah. Um, and then after that's tough. Yeah, like, you scroll and do I mean, you want- Kelly. Yeah, Kelly Andre Drummond's been good. Oh, Andre Drummond, that's a good uh, one, and he'll probably sign for a minimum. And so, honestly, he's probably the guy if you're mm-hmm. the Warriors, but the Grizzlies will probably also be like you're the guy. Right. Um, and uh, he kind of fits on both those teams. Uh, I like the fit a little more in Memphis because I just think Jaron Jackson, even though he's not a great shooter, is a better shooter than Draymond. Mm-hmm. But it feels like Draymond, because his playmaking is so good, his lack of shooting is like a little bit negated. Who knows, though? And then, like, after that, like, we go into the Mason Plumley, Haywood <laughs> Highsmith level for set- Christian Woods down here. Why'd you uh, say Mason Plumley like that? 
<laughs> right between Dante Exum and Joe Ingles on my list. Wow. <laughs> Dante Exum's been good this year. I think he'll get another contract. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back to Dallas. They need uh, they need guard depth. Mm. Um, but yeah, Mason Plumlee. <laughs> uh, who's at the bottom? We they go need guard depth, but just trade away Seth Curry. Shame. <laughs> Seth Curry is officially washed, and he has he's under contract for next year too. Mm, but I would I uh, like I I would just uh, I don't know what Washington's going to do with him. Uh, is he on the Hornets? Is he on the Hornets? Uh, one I know he's in one of those two <laughs> trades. He was in one of the because they got yeah. Gafford and uh, Washington, so he's in one of those two trades. Right. They got Washington from Charlotte, and they got Gafford from Washington. <laughs> Bro, uh, you've said Washington <laughs> too many times. Try this statement one more time. Washington. No, no, just say it all again. They got who from who and who from who. They got Gafford from uh, Washington and Washington from Charlotte. Oh, PJ Washington. That's why it's such a troll. Yeah. You're such a troll. <laughs> what? I, uh, listen back. Like, I, what I said before was that exact same thing. It's, what? They got Washington from Charlotte and, and- Gafford from Washington. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. They did. <laughs> um... That's about it. How long into this podcast? We're like fucking more than an hour in. We gotta go. So, uh, Mason Plumley starting center <laughs> next year for... Uh, it really sucks that uh, All-NBA is not positional anymore. Because with him beat out, I feel like he could have cracked yeah, up easily 13. Could've <laughs> easily could have gotten it. Easily could have gotten it. What do you think is the ideal position for him next year? <sighs> uh, his own team. Yeah. <laughs> Washington, maybe. Uh, uh, Toronto. If we can get him, I don't want I don't want Kelly back. 